A whistleblower had some things to tell Congress about how the U.S. government dropped the ball on its coronavirus response. Uh, there's no such thing as ghosts. Tell that to the New York Times. And we've got all the advice you need today, courtesy of BuzzFeed's Stephen Lacanti. The date, May 14th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. All right. So quick question for you, Casey. I saw that Disney World in Florida is partially reopening, you know, with face no, masks you. and guards. No, that's, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, whether or not you think that Space Mountain, would, would you go back on Space Mountain anytime soon? Like, I don't know. No, I know I'm going to have trouble going back to bars. So I don't know how you're going to get me into <laughs> Disney World. Uh, I'm really curious how theme park reopening is going to go because it's about to be summer. And here in New York, we have Coney Island, which is, you know, an established tradition. And I just am so curious, like, are the roller coasters going to be shut down all summer or what? Because there's the predictions that this will go on deep into summer, but all these states are reopening. And that includes apparently theme parks for some places. I don't know how we can be in like Southern California. And they're saying like, you can go to the beach, but you can't sit down. You basically have to be moving at all times. I don't know how we can have that on one end of the spectrum and then like Disney World is reopening. Maybe if like the airlines, they decide, okay, you guys, no one sits in the middle seat, guys. While you're screaming, though, in this enclosed roller coaster, I'm sure it will be fine. Oh, boy. Uh, So on that lovely note, let's turn to today's Corona update. Here are three things you need to know today. One. A former top scientist with the federal government turned whistleblower gave testimony about the Trump administration's coronavirus response today, and uh, it was pretty sobering. Dr. Richard Bright was the head of BARDA, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, which helps the U.S. government figure out which vaccines to push forward until he was pushed out last month. He was testifying for the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Health on Thursday. He warned that if the U.S. didn't come up with a plan to widely increase testing for coronavirus and tracing its spread, things aren't going to go great for anyone. If we fail to improve our response now based on science, I fear the pandemic will get worse and be prolonged. There will be likely a resurgence of COVID-19 this fall. It will be greatly compounded by the challenges of seasonal influenza. Without better planning, 2020 could be the darkest winter in modern history. He also said that he was removed from his spot for trying to slow down the push from President Trump to promote hydroxychloroquine without proper testing. The Trump administration declined to take part in the hearing, blocking any officials from showing up on the Hill, even virtually. Instead, the Department of Health and Human Services issued a statement saying that Bright's complaint is, quote, Filled with one-sided arguments and misinformation, HHS said it's reviewing the complaint and strongly disagrees with the allegations and characterizations made by Rick Bright. Number two, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court yesterday ordered that the governor's stay-at-home order be lifted early, which some experts are not very pleased with. The court decided in a 4-3 decision that the governor's order was unlawful and unenforceable. The key vote came from a justice who lost his most recent re-election bid, but whose term hasn't ended yet. Here's how Governor Tony Evers described the effective decision to CNN last night. Have spikes across the state. There's no question about it. When you have more people in a small space, I don't care if it's bars, restaurants, or your home, you're going to be able to spread the virus. And so now today, thanks to Republican legislators who uh, convinced four Supreme Court justices to not look at the law, but look at their political careers, I guess. It's a bad day for Wisconsin. It's It's the Wild West. But 
The people of Wisconsin were apparently all set to go when the order was listed. Pictures circulating on Twitter last night showed bars packed with people glad to be out of the house. I mean, unfortunately, this is just what we're going to see. Like all the states are just going to handle this differently. And we're going to have to learn by trial and error as we go forward. And this is what they're doing. And I saw a video circulating of uh, Houston. People were smoking hookah at a bar, like sharing hookah. And I'm like, what are you doing? But why? Oh, my God. Not only am I not going to go into a bar, but if someone were to force me into a bar, I'm not going to share a drink with someone. So I'm definitely not sharing a hookah with anyone. Same. All right. And three, several senators are facing increased questions about their stock trades from the start of the pandemic. Richard Burr of North Carolina was, until this morning, chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Last night, news broke that the FBI had presented a warrant for his cell phone to investigate claims that he benefited from knowledge he'd gained in briefings about the coronavirus before selling off key stocks. Today, Burr announced through the Senate Majority Leader that he'd step back from his chairmanship while the investigation is ongoing. And Senator Dianne Feinstein of California confirmed that she'd answered questions from the FBI about her husband's stock trades and handed over documents to them. Meanwhile, Senator Kelly Loeffler of Georgia dodged questions about whether the FBI had contacted her as well. She sold off about $3 million in stock at the start of the crisis, many of which were companies whose value tanked because of the outbreak. Her husband, by the way, is the CEO of Intercontinental Exchange, the company that owns the New York Stock Exchange. Hey, is everything you just said got worse and worse, line after line, just like the the deceit and the, oh my God, I'm just, you know what, my blood's just boiling right now because I'm just thinking about Jeff Bezos becoming a trillionaire while people are struggling to pay their rent and there's people who profited off of the coronavirus. It is just too much for me today. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I got to make it boil a little more. So one of the things that's going to be interesting to watch going forward is whether Loeffler faces the same scrutiny as... As Burr does, considering Burr, on the one hand, was a big proponent of the fact that, yes, Russia actually tried to help Trump in the 2016 election. On the other hand, Kelly Loeffler has been all about praising the president since she was installed in January. So if they're treated differently, that's uh, not a great look. Ooh, wow. Yeah, we're going to have to see how that plays out. All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most yes, please, and most wow, that sucks stories from around the internet. Good news, roller skating is hitting the mainstream again, and it's mostly thanks to TikTok. A TikToker named Anna Koto has racked up over a million followers thanks to her videos showing her skating around to bops like JLo's Jenny from the Block. Roller skate makers Moxie Skates and Impala both told BuzzFeed News that they've seen an uptick in sales since folks have been told to stay at home. But if you're thinking about starting up yourself, good luck. Skating has become so popular that, like baking ingredients, it's become hard to find a new pair. And if you do snag some, please get some wrist guards. Kodo told BuzzFeed that when she first started out, she broke her wrists. Which I would like to say, I went roller skating a couple months ago with my boyfriend and his friends. And one of his friends fell down and broke both of her wrists. (gasps) Both of them at the same time. Yep. Mm, nightmare. No, I I was into rollerblading when I was a kid, but I was one of those kids who was like, oh no, if I'm going, I am minimum wearing these wrist guards because these guys, they're not getting broke. No siree. <laughs> I also wanted to note that while TikTok 
has, you know, brought it back into the mainstream. For some people, roller skating never left. I'm thinking about my friends who freaking love roller derby. And also, it's been such a strong part of a subculture in the Black community, the mm-hmm. roll bounce community. So for them, it never left. I'm just thinking about the, like, older Black dudes who I used to see just skating around in Central Park, having a great time jamming out to, like, classic oldies. Oh, and I can't wait until these roller rinks open up again and people feel safe enough to go and, you know roller skate again. It's just really great to get that out of your system and just have fun. Mm-hmm. On to the bad news. Mary Kate Olsen and her husband are splitting up and it seems like there won't be a take two, but a bump. <laughs> Mary Kate married Olivier Sarkozy back in 2015 in a lavish affair that included, as I hope we all remember, literal bowls full of cigarettes as decoration. So she tried to file for divorce from the 50-year-old French banker last month, but New York divorce proceedings were halted due to the virus. But now she's asked for an emergency divorce since, she claims in her filing, Olivier is trying to kick her out of their New York City apartment, and this is the only way she can protect her property. E! Online says that according to a source of theirs, Mary-Kate has fled the city to go be with Ashley and friends. I, I just want to point out really quickly that For people who did not clock that, Mary-Kate's brother-in-law, I believe, is former French president Nicolas Sarkozy. (gasps) Okay, I just found that out, too. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Is that not the wildest thing? I, I can't handle that. And also, the age gap between those two is such, such a gap. It's... I'm going to miss all the paparazzi photos. They took some weird photos. They really did. I'm remembering the one where it's her, it's Mary-Kate and Olivier and Olivier's daughter and Olivier's daughter and Mary-Kate are the same height and his arms around both of them. It's like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this at all. But in any case, best of luck to Mary-Kate as you get through this. When we come back, we've got Stephen LeConte with us to handle your most pressing issues. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Today, we've got a new segment called DM911. BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver Stephen LeConte recently opened up his DMs to Twitter and Instagram to ask him for help with their problems, large and small. Stephen's here with us today to offer up his solutions to the Internet's problems. Hello, Stephen. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited for this today. I'm excited, too. Okay, we've got here two DMs that you've had sent to you by real people whose names we're withholding for their privacy. We're going to read this first one out to you, then you give the best advice you can. Sound good? Sounds good. Excellent. All right. First up, we have this DM that you got that deals with her partner being kind of shady. Maybe she writes, hey, the guy I'm dating recently showed me a picture on his phone when a text from his ex appeared. I asked him about it, and he said that they still talk. I asked if he still has feelings for her, and he said, quote, obviously. He said he doesn't know if he is over her, but that she is out of his life. She doesn't know about me because apparently it's not a conversation you can have over the phone. We are currently quarantined together. He said the message he got from his ex was just her asking, what is he going to do for his birthday? I'm hurt and confused, but I don't know if I have the right to feel this way. How should I handle a situation? So, Stephen, is she being extra or are her spider senses tingling for a good reason? I mean, I definitely think there's something to the spidey senses tingling, but I I think this is a situation where it's sort of a good news and bad news, right? Like, uh, the good news is your boyfriend's very honest with you, right? The bad news is what he's honest about is the fact that he still has feelings for his ex, I would say like a solid 50% of the DMs that I get from people are people wondering if their boyfriend is over their ex. And uh, he just went out and told you, no, he's not. So I think he's, they're working with some level of honesty, right? So that's good. I think the fact that he said he's obviously still got feelings for her, that made me wonder, like, has he given you hints before about this? I take it when I hear that he says, obviously, I'm wondering, has he said things in the past about how he's, you know, he's not fully over this relationship that that maybe you didn't hear or you didn't want to hear. So that's one thing I would flag is like, just make sure that you're keeping your ears open to what he's been telling you in the past. Because I'm sort of inclined to think he wouldn't just say, obviously, if he didn't think that you knew that for some reason. Does that make sense? It does. I don't know. I mean, I think I read the obviously as well. I wonder how long that last relationship was, because the way I read it, it's almost like he's saying, like, obviously, because you still have feelings for someone that you care deeply about in the past, which is a thing in relationships. You break up with someone and you can still be like, yeah, no, I don't talk to them anymore, but I still hope that they're okay and I care about them. So those feelings do exist. So I don't know. Like like you said, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, because it's interesting because when I saw the word obviously, I read it as like, obviously, everyone has feelings for their ex. And I was thinking, wait, what world does he live in where everyone has feelings for their ex? So really, we all need to know what his obviously meant. 
Yeah, this is definitely a situation where she needs to unpack that word, obviously, and find out what exactly he means by that. Is he talking about like, yes, obviously, I'm still in love with her. You know, I've confided in you about my love for this ex. Or does he just mean it more in like the casual, like, no, like, obviously, this is a person that I care about, you know? So I think they need to unpack that. I, that much I'm going to put on the girlfriend's side of things. Like, you know, she probably needs to do a little bit more work over there. In defense of the girlfriend, the boyfriend does have a few contradictions in his response that I do want to call out. For example, he says that he and his ex still talk, but then he says that the ex is out of his life. Well, those two things cannot exist, right? Uh, he says that he's he obviously still has feelings for his ex, but then he says that he doesn't know if he's over her. Well, obviously, if you still have feelings for her, you're not over her. Right. And then he says that she's not in his life anymore. But then he's also refusing to tell her about uh, his new girlfriend because it's not a conversation you can have over the phone. Well, in my view, if this person's not in your life, then the only place to tell him about your new girlfriend is over the phone. Right. So there I do think he's being honest about some things. But then there's these little contradictions in the message that make me wonder, you know, what's what's going on behind the scenes in his mind. Right. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I do want to know more about like, I want to know what his real reasons are for why he doesn't want to tell his ex because the phone not having a conversation over the phone, that is just a fake answer. So it's like there's a real one there. And that would be nice to have an answer to. So, Stephen, bottom line, what should she do? I think what she should do is she needs to decide first and foremost what she needs to move forward in this relationship, right? She needs to decide what step he can take to make her feel comfortable in this relationship again, whether it's cutting off contact with the ex, having him tell his ex about the new relationship. Or maybe if his breakup with that ex is somewhat recent, maybe it's reasonable for her to give him some time to process and have his feelings. Like maybe they say, let's revisit this in six months and see how you feel. Uh, Or she might decide that none of those steps work for her and the fact that he's dropped this obviously bomb on her means that she's just not going to be in this relationship anymore. And that's also fair. But she needs to decide what she wants next and then she needs to tell him that and then he has to decide if he can do it. And if he can't do it, they have to break up. Well said. All right, next up, we have this woman who wants to reassure her husband he comes first before the couple they're swinging with. The Twitter user wrote in, I can't talk about this with anyone IRL, so here goes nothing, random internet stranger. Been married 25 years, recently started swinging with a great couple, having lots of fun all around. But my husband noticed that the other man is huge and is giving me the best sex of my life. I want to deny it, but damn, he hung. How can I reassure my loving husband that while, yes, the sex is banging and the other wife is pretty hot, too, But my love and my life belong to my marriage, not my side chick. So, Stephen, how do you think this woman and her husband should handle the new addition to their sex life? Okay, well, I'm going to preface by saying that I'm not I've not personally had an experience with swinging or an open relationship. But I will say the situation that she's describing sounds like a pretty perfect application of one, right? You opened up your relationship because you recognized that there were sexual experiences outside of your current relationship that you wanted to have, that you couldn't have inside your relationship. And now you're having them, right? So I'm not totally convinced that there's even a problem here. I would say this. She says that her boyfriend, quote unquote, noticed that this other guy is super hung. So I need to know what noticed means, right? 
is that when she says that her husband noticed it, is he bothered by it? Like, is he getting nervous or self-conscious? Is he worried that she's going to leave him for this new guy? Or does he literally just notice it? Like, has he just said, wow, that guy is super fucking hung? Because if he's just noticing the truly observable fact, I wouldn't do too much to try to assure him about anything because I think you're just going to create more problems, right? Like, I don't think you need to take extra steps to go out there and call out like, hey, I don't want you to feel bad about the fact that your dick is smaller than this new guy's dick, right? Uh, to me, I'm like, if, if he's just noticing an observable fact about the sex, I wouldn't do too much here. But that said, if he is seeming self-conscious about it, if he is kind of spiraling about it, that's when you need to just communicate, right? I mean, you asked in your DM, you said, how can I reassure my loving husband that while the sex is banging, my love and my life belong to my husband? And I would say, just tell him that, right? Like just the copy paste what you wrote to me and tell it to him out loud. I would also just say, like, just to call this out, if you have an open relationship, it's really not your responsibility to assure your partner that all the sex you're having is worse than the sex you're having with them. You're allowed to have better sex elsewhere. And then I would also say, in addition to that, you're also not obligated to tell your husband that the sex you're having with the other guy is better. And that might be like one really easy, low stakes piece of information to withhold from your husband because she says it's the best sex she's ever had in her life. And God bless, that's amazing. I'm not convinced that you have to tell your husband that information. So Stephen, TLDR, what should this woman do? I think my TLDR here is that all relationships require frequent, open, honest communication. And I think that's doubly true for open relationships. And I think that's triply true for newly open relationships. Mm -hmm. So just talk. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for that. Fantastic advice. We look forward to doing this with you often. Oh, I look forward to it too. This is super fun, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. If you want to ask Stephen a question yourself, go ahead and slide into his DMs. He's at Stephen LC on both Instagram and Twitter, and that's a Stephen with a PH. Yeah, like Colbert or Sondheim. Casey, the table's finally turned because today it is I who challenge you to a gotta pick one. Okay, do your worst, Brown. All right, this one is going to be a tough one, though, so... Remember, you brought this on yourself. For those of you listening who don't know how this goes, we're going to have two categories with four items each. Casey here will have to choose one of those items to stick around, while the other three will cease to exist in this new alternate timeline we're creating. You ready, Casey? Yes. Okay, topic one, fast food signature items. You have to choose between the McDonald's Big Mac, Burger King's Whopper, Popeye's Chicken Sandwich or Taco Bell's Crunchwrap Supreme? Which one lives and which die? I'm loving this so much because you were so excited to challenge me. Hayes, I've never had one of these items. Are you <laughs> shitting me? Casey Rackham, are you even American? <laughs> okay, no. Fun fact about me, I've never had a burger before. Just period. A burger. <laughs> A burger. Mom, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never had it. Dan, I, our audio producer, is um, <laughs> astonished right now. 
I'm with him. I'm with Dan. I don't know how this happened. No, no. Okay, so fine. I don't. Then pick okay. a pick an arbitrary one. Then <laughs> tell me how this happened. Listen. Well, I, it won't be an arbitrary one. I definitely want to try Popeye's chicken sandwich. I think that's the one that has to stay. Right? Like you yes, are correct 100%, there. Yes, hundred percent. I want it. Okay, you're right. That's also the only one that I would eat. So basically, as the story goes, my dad's from like England. He grew up eating just like a shit ton of meat all the time. Then he read this book in the eighties that talked about how animals are like treated and slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, he stopped eating red meat. And then I was born and he never once cooked us red meat. So I just grew up on fish and poultry. Wow. And it just like, I've just never, I've never had steak. I've never had a burger, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Good for him. Factory farming is trash, but also (laughs) burgers are delicious. So uh, it's a toss up there. The only burger I've ever wanted is a Krabby Patty from SpongeBob. And if I can't have that, then what's the point? (laughs) Okay, Plankton, moving on (laughs) to number two. We have national pizza change. Before we get started, Casey, you've had pizza, right? (laughs) Yes, I've had pizza. Thank you. Okay. You can only let one of these good to mediocre pizzas exist. One, Papa John's. Two, Domino's. Three, Pizza Hut. Or four, Little Caesars. What's sticking around? My answer is confidently Pizza Hut. Mm. I love it. <laughs> interesting. I feel like that's interesting. Like, so why Pizza Hut out of the others? Okay, well, Pizza Hut might be like a nostalgia thing. In my middle school, they would sell like pan size, like serving size of Pizza Huts. And I love them. And I love the buttery crust on those. I loved it. Now, the reason I know a lot, I have a lot of friends who love Domino's, but I have to take it out because in college, your dining points could either get you into like the dining hall or you could use it to buy Domino's. And so everyone ordered Domino's all the time. And now I just physically cannot eat it. That's Fair enough. Overexposure will completely kill your taste for something like that, (laughs) unlike burgers. But yeah, I loved Pizza Hut because I loved it when I was younger, especially the year where my elementary school had a, you know, reading contest where you read 10 books, you get a free personal pan pizza coupon. I had so many freaking pizza coupons at the end of that summer. It's like, yes. Absolutely. Let's do this. Uh, but I That's do. That's amazing. I will say, though, that if I had to keep one, I would probably pick the Domino's at this point. Unfortunately, I'd probably mm, have to save yeah. that one. Listen, I get it. It was just overexposure for me. Okay, we have time for one more thing. And today we're talking about ghosts. Ghosts! Because the fine people at the New York Times put out a whole article today about quarantining with the spirits. This was the first story they told featuring Adrian Gomez, a 26-year-old IT worker who lives with his partner in Los Angeles. Their first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked, took a two-mile walk each morning, and refinished their porcelain kitchen sink. But then one night, the doorknob began to rattle vigorously, so loud he could hear it from across the apartment. Yet no one was there. In mid-April, Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely. Despite the fact that the window was closed, an adjacent window shade remained perfectly still, the cats were all accounted for, and no bug nor bird nor any other small creature had gotten stuck there. That Mr. Gomez thought it was an earthquake. And then... They have this one from 42-year-old Patrick Hind, who rented an Airbnb cabin in Massachusetts for six weeks for him, his husband, and his daughter. One night, 
Mr. Hins woke up around 3 a.m. thirsty for a glass of water. He said he walked into the kitchen and saw a white man in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II era military uniform and cap sitting at the table. It seemed normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And as I turned to look, he was gone, said Mr. Hins, who is the host of the podcast True Crime Obsessed. It didn't feel menacing at all. It almost didn't even occur to me to tell my husband the next morning. Okay, first of all, Patrick, if you're listening, please come onto our podcast and tell us more about this. Second of all, it's your own fault for renting a cabin in Massachusetts. Absolutely. That was my thought as well, Casey, (laughs) because, wow, you are just asking to be murdered by a ghost if you decide, I'm going to flee into the woods during these dark times. Never flee into the woods, people. (laughs) Only bad things happen in the woods. The Grimm brothers told us this. Okay, but I definitely believe in ghosts. You do? So I believe, uh, yes, I will say the, I, I'm, I believe both of these people and what they saw. I will mm-hmm. say that the the rattling of the windows one feels less ghosty to me than seeing the man in, you know, his home just appearing. Mm-hmm. Be, yeah, but I believe in him. Um, I don't want to encounter one, but I believe in him. I am so super skeptical like i am not a Mm. believer in ghosts goblins spirits Mm. etc for the most part so i'm sure there's perfect i'm the velma of scooby-doo in this situation like i don't (laughs) i think that that's probably not what they thought it was uh but i do know that i don't know maybe i could be convinced if i saw something spooky where i was living but i never have had that like oh my god it's a ghost experience that i can really think of Okay, I've never had it, but I'm definitely the shaggy, and um, <laughs> I'm definitely the shaggy, and I don't know. I think I believe in them, but I would be absolutely terrified. The one thing I couldn't handle is the people who have said that they've seen someone, like, at the end of their bed, because Ooh, that just feels yeah. like that just feels like menacing to me. Like, they're either, like, watching you or they want to tell you something. That's my personal space, although it was previously their personal space. <laughs> Right. Uh, Yeah. So there are things that I could, that is one of the few things that if I saw it would be getting like, nope, we are no longer staying here. And don't get me wrong. I don't believe in ghosts, but I also don't believe in fucking tempting fate. You will not see me like spending the night at a creepy ass motel or like, oh, for a million dollars, you have to stay in your deceased great uncle's haunted manor. That's a maybe, but I'd be like, okay, but are you going to conventionally murder me and blame it on a ghost? What's happening here? (laughs) Okay, well, that's all for today's episode. Tomorrow, we're talking to a super awesome scientist who tracks massive locust swarms, and things do not look good for Africa and Asia. And remember, if you haven't been baking all these weeks because you're worried about carbs, do it anyway. Too much bread is the yeast of your concerns. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends all about us. Then set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. I'm Jake Halpern. 
host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it to me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest and many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.